1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, here at Eldora Speedway, it's showtime! Have you got a horror Often imitated, never duplicated,
0: the greatest show on dirt, the
2: world of outlaws! It's time to sit back, relax,
3: and enjoy, because, ladies and gentlemen, it's showtime! Set to do battle for 30 laps, the green flag is waving. Hello again, it is Wing Nation presented by Sage Fruit, talking sprint car racing, our favorite time of the week, and we are so glad that you have joined us, Steve Post and Aaron Evernham in our Concord, North Carolina studios. How are you?
4: I'm doing well. How are you?
3: Fantastic. Fantastic. Wow. Great weekend down at Homestead. Got another sprint car guy in the NASCAR finals with Christopher yeah. Bell. Old C. Bell was rolling at the end of I love race. to see
4: that, and the emotions from him were, were um, I mean, Christopher's pretty even keeled all the time it was nice to see it was was awesome
3: his victory lane may very well be one of my top five favorites up from sunday yeah he just literally his his sheer joy Mm -hmm. his to a degree disbelief yep his sincere appreciation of being there and doing what he does um i just i i i've thought about and i that's the first i've said that first time i've said that when you said his victory lane That is, I I did, I had his uh, first win uh, was the road course, I think, at Daytona, and it reminded me of that. Yeah. It reminded me of that. It was just like, just good. I mean, and I've been fortunate with Christopher. I had Martinsville last year when he raced his way into the Final Four, but that was... That was nothing. Uh, his
4: yeah. Well, they had to overcome so much during the race on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, I, mean, I think they... that's the yeah. thing.
3: And here's here's the deal with this. And I understand this is sprint car talk, but Christopher owns a sprint car team. His wife is sprint car royalty. His father-in-law <laughs> is sprint car royalty. And Christopher, if he could be running a sprint car, would be running a sprint car all the time. Absolutely. Okay, he's, so he's one of our people. And it, the, here's the thing: I'm at with Christopher. He has built a 360 team, a development program with Brian, with his mm-hmm. father-in-law, Brian Kemenaw, and I think that is huge support. So he's a sprint car guy. Yep, of he's course. A, exactly. I think they got that car good after the last pit stop on Saturday or Sunday afternoon. Yeah. I think that driver took it from good to great. Agree. A
4: that, thousand percent. That
3: driver took it from good to great. Mm-hmm. And that's our guy, Christopher yep. Bell. I remember I've now I shared this a few times on Derek's Programmes. We were we were all doing this Wing Nation stuff and everyone's all twisted up and people would call us in Wing Nation or talk to us on Wing Nation. You think that Larson kid is good. There's a bell kid from yeah. Oklahoma that's as good as Kyle Larson. Well, here we are. I
4: remember Kyle saying something like that. I remember that Kyle saying yeah. that too, yeah.
3: So here we are. Two of the four NASCAR playoff drivers are our guys. Yep. So maybe we we'll get some more royalty, see if Blaney can get in there. Not that he's he's <laughs> he's he's not carried on the sprint car tradition, but boy, there's sprint car tradition there. We'll see what we got. But fun stuff. Great, great weekend at Homestead Miami Speedway. Um, it was fascinating because Kyle Larson actually talked about sprint cars and how the wall at Homestead feels mm-hmm. like a soft cushion. Like a like a soft <laughs> yeah. cushion at a racetrack. Not a heavy, but a soft cushion. And how you've got to dance with a soft cushion. Sprint car stuff. Fun stuff. Hefner mm. um, Racing Products. Hot topics because, yes, there are hot topics. All right. <laughs> uh, um, let's get right into this yesterday afternoon, high limits sprint car series has acquired the all-star circuit of champions, uh, high limits, Brad Sweet and Kyle Larson's program. Uh, they had 12 midweek races this year. The all-stars been around forever and ever the original touring series. And here's, this is, this, this is what you're going to get from wing nation. You're going to get commentary on what we know. And you're not going to get speculation. The reality of this release is it told us that a business transaction happened.
4: <laughs> it left a lot of room for speculation. It
3: left a lot for speculation, and um, you're not going to get that here. No. What, one thing that does come out of this is that when you look at the All-Star Circuit of Champions, and remember in 2015, Guy Webb mm-hmm. was the promoter, uh, the owner of the All-Star Circuit of Champions, And to say they were in a mess is an understatement. A bunch of team owners had gotten together in Ohio and formed the Renegade Sprint Car Series. Mm -hmm. And they were going to go toe-to-toe. Danny Smith gets in the middle of it. When Danny Smith gets in the middle of things, usually stuff happens. And Danny was talking to Tony about a Renegade's date at Eldora. And my understanding is right. Danny said, well, you should just buy the thing. (laughs) And the next thing you know, Tony Stewart comes in and from 2015 to yesterday or apparently Friday as when the deal closed, Tony Stewart has taken the all-star circuit of champions and done a wonderful job. He really has. That tour has done a great job. The tour has expanded a little bit from the region of Ohio and Pennsylvania, but not drastically. Nope. The format is loved by so many people. And it has provided a great, great place for so many people mm-hmm. to race, as the All-Stars have done since their inception. Yep. And that's a fact that we know. And boy, Tony. Yes. We're stepping in and doing this based on the facts we know, sitting here Tuesday at 12.06.45, 46, <laughs> 47 The facts we know is that Tony Stewart no longer owns the All-Star Circuit of Champions and he did a wonderful job with the All-Star Circuit of Champions. He sure did. And th- that's the only facts we know. Beyond that, we have no idea what's going on. <laughs> so let the speculation go wherever it is, but it's not going to happen here. So uh, there you have it. And we'll see what happens. Stay tuned for more details, I hope. Oh, my God. I hope there's more details sometime soon.
4: Ooh. Yeah, it is a little bit, um, yeah. you know, open-ended, a little open confusing.
3: A <laughs> little ended.
4: confusing.
3: Open-ended. One thing that is not open-ended... Boy, that's sad. Aww. That's a sad yeah, transition. man. That was a bad transition. Oof. One thing that's not open-ended is Devil's Bowl. Oh, my God. it is I ended. I can't even believe it. But it <laughs> had. But it's not. Um, final race at the historic track, the famed Devil's Bowl. It was the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Stampede. Friday night, Carson Macedo in the Jason Johnson Racing Car Picked up the win, but really, really special, Aaron, because uh, this was such a special place for Jason Johnson. And uh, I love people from the Midwest, people from the Midwest. It was four or five hours from home, so it was a home track. Yeah, obviously. Uh, But uh, yes, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Those are uh, Ashley. I'll I'll tell you this: Uh, Jax was able to celebrate on the wing. Yes, Um, everyone's like little Jax. Uh, Let's notice little Jax is no longer little Jax. (laughs) He's not going to be little Jax much longer. Uh, But it was so cool to see. It was. Um, Macedo picked up the win. David Gravel, Brad Sweet, your podium. Um, I, I was joking with Ashley. We were talking about this in the Midwest. Four or five hours away is your home track. Yeah. In Pennsylvania, you can't get a Lincoln car to go to Port Royal, and you can't get a Port Royal car to go to Lincoln. <laughs> I'm from Pennsylvania, and I am i mean, I'm going to say, I work for IWX Motor Freight, which supports Keith Coons' program yep. all across the board. IWX, Steve Coulter, great. And he's from, they're from Springfield, Missouri. And he said, no, nah, it means nothing for us to jump in the car and drive to Texas to see a sprint car race. Yeah. And... Where it's like, oh my gosh. Well, you know? I
4: grew up in Massachusetts and it was the same thing to well, go to, to you know, go, yeah, you know, go to Boston was an hour. We we never went to Boston. Never
3: went to Boston. And yeah.
4: even moving to North Carolina, it's like, you know, a road trip is you know three, four hours, no big deal. Six hours, still no yeah. big deal. It's but still,
3: in but in the Midwest, like yeah. Jason Johnson, it's like that's my home track, it's Devil's Bowl, it's only four and a half <laughs> hours away. Exactly. I love, and I, love that's why I love Midwesterners. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're 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 their Saturday, Sunday night special is Knoxville and Houston's. And and there's, I mean, there's not just one or two, there's a bunch of them that do that.
4: Yeah, and it's not an easy trip because I've done it a number of times on Saturday night. (laughs)
3: Yes, exactly. And then even more so on Sunday morning or Monday morning. Yeah. Um, So um, anyhow, so that's Friday night. Saturday night, well, this was wild. Mm -hmm. I mean, chaos, two open reds, a partridge in a pear tree, race took a longer than an hour, but boy, did we end it well. Man. David Gravel, James McFadden leading the whole thing, and coming to the uh, start-finish line, I mean, David Gravel nipped James McFadden for the win. Gravel's 87th career World of all A win, his first win at Devil's Bowl in 17 starts. Uh, We're going to talk to David. uh, McFadden was second, Donnie Schatz was third, and um, the Devil's Bowl is apparently no more. (sighs) But what a great finish.
4: And what a great crowd. That place was around. packed.
3: Yes, absolutely. Would have uh, just, you know, I mean, and racing is racing. And what are you going to do? You get into you, you get these shows that are that are prompt shows. Yep. You get if you're going to sit there for an hour and fifteen minutes, at least have that finish. <laughs> I
4: was just going to say, at least they got a good finish. They
3: did get a good finish, so good for them. So the trophy cup was going on out of Tulare uh, Thursday night. Rico Abreu picked up the win on Thursday, and uh, boy, I'm telling you what this this race, uh, <sighs> to Larry, <No. laughs> just, it's it's unreal. It really is. Um, Rico picked up the win on Thursday night. Landon Brooks was second. Corey Day was third. And literally, just I mean, you just you just can't. They don't make this up. No, you can't make this. This is video game.
4: Y- yeah. I mean, there was a little bit of a Ross Chastain situation Yes, there.
3: But, but, <laughs> using but, but, the wall. Yeah. A Friday night, uh, Shane Gullabek rolling along there, picked up the $4,000 win. And again, just hammer down on the fence. And when I say on the fence, Literally. you know, they, I, I love this. And, and, and granted, one of them is a small bull ring. And one of them is a super speedway of of short of, uh, of dirt tracks. They always talk about Port Royal. You put the, wall, the wheel on the fence. Well, no, you don't. You you kiss the fence. At Tulare, it's on the fence. <laughs> you ride the it's fence. It's crazy. My gosh. Um, and uh, Shane Gullaby, Corey Day, there's a theme here, Corey Day mm-hmm. um, and Ryan Timms. And so they're lined up on points. Corey Day starts 20th, rockets his way to second by the finish of this thing. But the guy who won the race was DQ'd for a tech infraction. Corey Day picks up the overall championship. Uh, Well, he had the overall championship before he got. Logan Seavey was in the race-winning car. Corey had wrapped it up. Second place was good enough to win it because this is that points deal where the race winner doesn't necessarily win the event. $29,000. I love this, and I've talked about the visit I had with Ronnie Day last year at um, Ocean Speedway. Ronnie and Corey Day become the second father-and-son team to win the Trophy Cup. When you join Brent and Tim Kating in California in any category, yes. You're in good company. You're in good company. Sure exactly. are.
4: I thought it was neat to see that Jason Myers and his wife and son and Victory Lane with the yeah. with the Day family and crew.
3: And more importantly, two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars for make a wish.
4: Add so. that on to the millions they've already raised.
3: <sighs> Crazy. So Fantastic. So great, great stuff. And there you have it. Our Hefner Racing Product Hot Topics. Hefner Racing Products knows karting from sprint to road racing to winged outlaw carts. HRP Street or Super Stands are the number one selling brand for karting.
4: They have automatic electric lifts, rolling stands, stackers to carry multiple carts. And just like sprint cars, HRP has tire racks, engine racks, speed breakers, and a whole line of kart racing accessories.
3: We do a rotation of these reeds that we talk about HRP, and I'm so glad that the rotation was for karting.
4: Because you got your last night at Millbridge, last know, Tuesday night. Tonight
3: I... is our last night at Millbridge. Uh, to be on Dirt Vision, um, and I, have to- I am telling you... You pick, up, you pick up announcing gigs. You do this business. And when you're doing, whether I do the summer shootout at Charlotte Motor Speedway and then I do the kids program at Millbridge, when you do it, you go through the pits and you start to meet this one and you start to meet that one and you start to, and then all of a sudden it's like, um, the season enders tonight, we're going to have a couple of kids crown champions and well-deserved, well-earned. And then we got to say goodbye to those darn kids for a few months. And I don't even like that a little bit. <laughs> I don't like that a little bit. I um, Ashley um, Burnett, and she posted about it today. Yeah. Like, if you would have told me mid-season that this was the opening night, I'd take it. Now that we're here on the last night of the year, I don't want to say goodbye to the kids. Uh, it has been a great year. There are so many good kids and families that race out at Millbridge. And so if you get a chance to Vision vision tonight to follow along with it. And yes, there are some HRP Streeter Super Stands out there that people oh, yeah? are using. Oh yeah, there's a bunch of them out there. So it's good stuff, for sure. Uh, what we're going to do, we're going to talk to David Gravel, and oh my gosh, we're going to talk to Tim Crowley, and I made the mistake of looking at the weather forecast for Texarkana, and Uh-oh. we're going to be looking at a, oh, uh, Tim Crowley, bless your heart, we'll talk to him about his first year as the promoter of that track, <laughs> and the fingers crossed what will happen this weekend. So stay with us, David Gravel, when we return.
0: Perfection isn't easily achieved. It takes hard work, dedication, and perseverance. Through their commitment to excellence, Sagefruit Company's been supplying customers with the best tree fruit in the Pacific Northwest for over three generations. They work hard on the farm, in the packing facilities, and with their retail partners to provide consistent, high-quality apples and pears all year long. Look for Sagefruit at your local grocery.
2: The National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum's newest exhibit will be our track tribute to Williams Grove Speedway inside the museum's main floor from April 3rd through October 2nd this year. You'll learn about the beginning of Williams Grove Speedway and the evolution of sprint car racing on the East Coast through eight of the iconic big cars and sprint cars that made up the history of Mechanic Birds Pennsylvania's Williams Grove Speedway. Plus, you'll see videos of historic National Open Sprint Car races and other racing events that put Williams Grove on the map. That's the track tribute to Williams Grove Speedway featured April 3rd through October 2nd at the only museum in the world solely dedicated to sprint car racing, the national sprint car hall of fame and museum in Knoxville, Iowa.
3: Welcome back. It is wing nation and what a finish at the fame devil's bowl on Saturday night. And when it was done, it was David gravel picking up the victory uh, and he joins us on the Fruit Hotline. Hello, David. How are you?
5: I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me.
3: David, there's a lot to unpack with that win there, but a big, big picture. Um, has it started to sink in a little bit that this historic, historic racetrack, unless something drastically changes, which we don't expect, you're going to be the last guy to to, to, to stand on a wing and, and win a Devil's Bowl? What does that mean to you?
5: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, well, for me, it's cool. It's not good that we're losing racetracks. Right, but, correct. Um, it, it's uh, bittersweet, obviously. Devil's Bowl has never been a track I've been, you know, historically great at. I've been okay at, but definitely not one of the places I was like, man, I'll go there and, you know, definitely have a chance to win. So we had an awesome weekend running second and first. And, uh, you know, the fans showed out uh, Saturday night. And probably had the biggest crowd in history there. And uh, yeah, it was it was a great night. Um, again, it's sad to see these racetracks grow. We're, we're losing them all across the country. But um, you know, I won at I eighty last year in the last event, and and won uh, Devils Bowl this year in the last event. So, uh, pretty cool. Definitely some special victories for sure.
4: Absolutely, David. Talk about the race on Saturday night. It was kind of a chaotic race, a long race, two open reds. Uh, but those last few laps, you just found something. Talk, run us through those last few laps and getting around J Mac right at the line.
5: Yeah, I didn't want to be negative in my interview because we're closing off the track. But man, what a <laughs> what a terrible night to showcase the, the best. Uh form of sprint car racing in the country uh you know big pile-ups late night uh um you know i was like happy but i'm like man i'm a little bit embarrassed to be honest and it's nobody's called directly but uh yeah it was it was kind of you know follow J Mac for a while and you know uh r- raced my race and i felt like any runs that were longer than seven eight laps i was starting to catch him. but on the short runs he was really really fast and uh, finally got a little bit of a seven, eight-lap run there at the end, and I tried the top of three and four a couple times and didn't really gain but didn't really lose, and uh, luckily we finally got to lap traffic on the last lap and just center on the top and, and it just made it made it happen.
3: Yeah, I mean, it really was. One of the other things I wanted to unpack, and you had referenced this in your Victory Lane interview um, and I hadn't really paid attention to it. Of course, there was a there was a high limits win in there that kind of in in our mind that kind of does this. But you had had it was like six second place finishes with the Outlaws in the previous ten races. Um, I mean, I mean, I know second is great in the big picture of things. If you could if you could average two, you, you know, you'd be you'd be cashing checks and championships along the way. But did that also wear on you a little bit? All of those all of those runner up finishes along the way with the World of Outlaws as you were uh, as as you were as you were rolling through that race uh you know a lot of
5: times you run second and uh you're happy with them yeah and i would say five of those six seconds i was happy with the second but the week before at lakeside leading uh a good chunk of the race and losing it uh coming to the white that one definitely stung and felt like that that's one i should have won the other ones kind of charging forward, past some cars, ended up second, never really had a chance to win, but um, Lakeside was a track that I felt like I probably should have won and and didn't make it happen, so to to get a win this way, uh, and it paid double as much as Lakeside, I'm happy (laughs) I didn't win Lakeside and and won this one, so um, I would like to win them all, but sadly you can't, and that's what makes (laughs) this deal really tough, and I don't even know when the last time I won my last World of Outlaw race, but. I think it might have been uh before Knoxville I think so Ooh. um it, it was it was a long time I could be wrong but I think it it's been a while I didn't win one on the west coast and uh I don't think I won in North Dakota so I think it had to be Maybe BAPS in Pennsylvania, possibly. Wow. Wow. Our so, weed sport. Yeah.
4: Yeah. With that, though, is your 87th World of Outlaw win, and it moves you to 10th on the all-time win list. I know your appreciation for the sport. What does that mean for you? I mean, you're still fairly young and and just coming along, but to be that successful and have your name listed with the, the people right above you, I mean, that's pretty special. 10th on that list is uh, very impressive.
5: Yeah, for sure. Definitely something I'm proud of, and it just uh, mo- it's motivating and humbling. Um, but motivated to get that hundred win, you know. I think that's something that is very, very important to me, and I look forward to hopefully accomplishing that uh, one day. Um, and just keep climbing up that list, uh, you know, to to be right where Darren Pittman's at is cool. And but the the next people on the list are kind of the, you know, the top top guys. You know, Dave Blaney and uh Daniel Lahtovski and Joey Sabarna pretty, pretty cool so hopefully uh we we keep winning races
3: when you look at it, and and I just did a quick check of it, and yeah, it was Weed Sport was your last one, which that shocks me even more than all the second place finishes. I just, and again, we from we don't we don't, uh, in, in our world we don't separate high limits and world all. You have that Lernaville win; it's like well, gravel keeps on winning, you know. I mean, yeah. but I understand from the world of all law perspective. Um, so you, you're now you, you're now fifty points, I think, back from Brad. He needs to probably have some problems. Um, you know, pretty simple task to come into Charlotte. Just got to. Just got to get everything you can and see where they lay. Is that how you look at it from the championship perspective?
5: Yeah, just we've had so many things happen this year. That, you know, they're just hard to overcome, and it seems like you know Brad, Brad is always on the right side of things, and we're on the wrong side of things. And you look at results, we have the most podiums, the most top fives, the most wins. So I feel like we've we've done our job on the racetrack. It's just blowing tires at the wrong times and. Driver crashing one night and screwing up, and uh you know things breaking on us. So uh, we're really proud in our team, and we know we're capable of winning all of a lot, of championships. And I guess we got to do it the hard way, and you know, uh keep working and and keep uh, growing as a team. You know, it's our third year with Big Game Motorsports, and I feel like we're we're getting better. So I'm excited for the future as far as you know this weekend coming up. You know. We're just going to try to win three races in Charlotte, and uh, whatever happens, happens. I'm sure Brad will run good most of the night, and uh, we'll see where we end up at the end of the weekend.
4: David, is that little Levi here in the background? I wanted to go off track for a little bit and ask you about him. I saw some uh, big celebrations for his first birthday.
5: Yeah, we had like nearly, I think, a hundred people at uh, his first birthday party in Connecticut. And uh, mom is out doing errands, so dad is <laughs> making up for lost time here. Uh, it's now my job uh, this off season to watch him, and mom could go to work. So, um, yeah, he's awesome. He's happy boy. Uh, wouldn't change it for the world. That's for sure.
3: Yeah, you're 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 integrating him into your social media is, is as as a dad. It's just beautiful. I mean, it just I don't mean. To, there's no other way to say it. I really enjoy watching and watching Levi grow and 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 go forward with it, David. Before we cut you loose here, uh, and and I'll I'll state it to you the way that we started our program. Uh, there was an announcement yesterday. The All Stars High Limits. There's a lot of speculation, and we're never going to deal in speculation here. The one fact we know is that Tony Stewart bought the All-Stars in 2015 and sold the All-Stars here in 2023. You raced, you started with the All-Stars. Can you kind of just talk about what Tony accomplished in his time and leadership of the All-Star Circuit of Champions?
5: Yeah, for sure. uh I I wasn't involved in the All Stars when Tony owned it. Um Guy Webb still owned it at the time. Yep. So I believe my last season was two thousand and eleven or twelve, but yep. obviously I'm directly in the sport and, and been around a long time. But the All Stars was a great series, uh, and I regret nothing. Uh it was the best thing for me to cut my teeth running the All Stars and, and their schedule and go into Pennsylvania and Ohio and um, still be on the go to the Midwest, and um, it, it's a great series. I feel like it's a great series that we're going to miss in our sport because uh, there's trying to be two national series fighting each other where the All Stars didn't really fight against the Outlaws. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But Tony, um, you know, has been involved in sprint car racing a long time, and um, I appreciate for what he's done, and he's still going to be involved, obviously with Eldora putting on, you know, five to ten big events every year. And, uh, yeah, um, it's just time for him to move on, and he's got a lot of other things going on. So we need people like Tony and Kyle and uh, Casey and Todd Clearing and Kevin Rudine. You know, we need these people in our sport to, to keep it going and uh, appreciate for what all those guys do.
3: Hear, here. Well said. And speaking of busy – Sounds like Levi needs dad now, so we sincerely appreciate your time. We'll look forward to catching up with you in person in Charlotte next week, but uh, thanks for the time, and get back to dad duties there with Levi, David.
5: Thank you. He only napped for 45 minutes, so I didn't get much done. Now he's hungry, so i got to feed him, and then hopefully I can get something done for myself today. We'll see.
3: Well, good luck with that. Good luck with that. I've been trying in minor 21 and 23, and I still haven't got anything done for Dad. So uh, good luck with that, but thanks for the time. All right, guys. Thank you. There we go. David Gravel joining us on the Sage Fruit Hotline. Stay with us. When we come back, Tim Crawley, he joins us next.
0: Perfection isn't easily achieved. It takes hard work, dedication, and perseverance. Through their commitment to excellence, sage fruit company's been supplying customers with the best tree fruit in the Pacific Northwest for over three generations. They work hard on the farm, in the packing facilities, and with their retail partners to provide consistent, high-quality apples and pears all year long. Look for sage fruit at your local grocery.
2: The National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum's newest exhibit will be our track tribute to Williams Grove Speedway inside the museum's main floor from April 3rd through October 2nd this year. You'll learn about the beginning of Williams Grove Speedway and the evolution of sprint car racing on the East Coast through eight of the iconic big cars and sprint cars that made up the history of Mechanic Birds Pennsylvania's Williams Grove Speedway. Plus, you'll see videos of historic National Open Sprint Car races and other racing events that put Williams Grove on the map. That's the track tribute to Williams Grove Speedway featured April 3rd through October 2nd at the only museum in the world solely dedicated to sprint car racing, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum
3: in Knoxville, Iowa. Welcome back. It is Wing Nation presented by Sage Fruit. You know, I love all of the people in sprint car racing and over the course of time, you meet people and I, I, I don't remember where it was. It was just hanging after a race. And I walked up against this guy named uh, walked up Tim Crawley he was there. I don't even know if I was part of the conversation, probably said, Hey, he was talking. And I'm like, man, I just like that dude. And followed along and then went and saw some races, Tim raced in, and then his son landed his racing. And then last year at PRI, Tim's, spreading the word that he is getting out of the cockpit of the car and going to promote 67 Speedway and Texarkana, and then they add the Short Track Nationals to it, and we are adding Tim Crawley to our guest list here today on the uh, Sage Fruit Hotline. Tim Crawley joins us. Hello, Tim. How are you? Doing great. How are you guys? We're doing well. A year ago, you were a sprint car (laughs) racer. Now you're a track promoter, Tim. How's it going? (laughs) Well, <laughs>
1: um, it's been fun, you know. Uh, an awful lot of work, which I pretty well knew Get what I was getting into, honestly. Um, I've watched, watched plenty of people work tracks over the years and never denied the fact that it would be a lot of work. Um, I knew that going in. Um, you know, probably the hardest thing for me to adjust to is – You know, just as a racer, um, a competitor, when you seek or see that you got weather uh, threatening an event, just as a standalone car owner or driver, whatever you want to call it, it's a big deal, but it's not a big deal. But when you're on the promoting side, there's so much more involved when you've got weather threatening. Um, It it just takes on a whole new meaning. Between your staff and having to roll the dice on, you know, everything, track prep, food, beer, you know, just everything. It takes on a whole new meaning when you're dealing with weather. Um, And I could have assumed this, but now I'm living this. so (laughs) um, And there's a big difference.
4: Yeah, yeah, for Uh, sure. Tim, I think every promoter we've ever talked to on Wing Nation, we talk about which weather apps they prefer, how many weather apps they have (laughs) on their phone. So, yeah, it's, it's certainly something that's a huge aspect of your job. What are, Tim, what are some of the things that have maybe, you know, you talk about what the hardest part of promoting. What have been some of the pleasant surprises this year being a promoter?
1: You know, probably the biggest thing that I took as a challenge is I went to 67 Speedway. Once, maybe twice a year for a lot of years. And the racetrack always had the same, I'm going to call it problem. You know, it always, the banking on the racetrack was pretty much from the middle down. Um, It didn't, it didn't ever really race on the top very well. Um, It just always had a crown high spot in the center, I would call it. And you always fought for the bottom. Um, you call it whatever you want, you know, hug the Uke tires, hug the pole. You fought for the bottom. And, you know, the track would always let you run off the back straight away pretty easily. Um, so day one I just I told myself, I said, I'm gonna do everything I can to get this thing to have a top, you know, and, and race like Little Rock did, you know, have have curl in it from the bottom up, just have uh Different people call it different things, progressive banking, whatever. I just wanted to cut the middle out, take the middle of the racetrack, and move it to the top. Um, so early on, you know, I got a bulldozer out there, and I really went to work at just hardcore reshaping the track. And I think we've come a long way. Um, we, we put a wall around one and two, which we'll eventually get all the way around. We, um, Like I say, I did some pretty extensive reshaping. Um, I kind of go off last year's race pass lap times, you know, uh, and we shaved this year, we're a second a lap faster. Um, so I think we've gained a lot of ground at that and a lot of our shows when we didn't get rained out this year, we're one on the top and that's probably the most, that's the biggest thing I get out of it is, but that's, that's what I've worked real hard on is getting it to where. Cars aren't fighting for the bottom. You know, slide jobs all over the racetrack, two-wide, three-wide racing. That's, that's been my goal, and, and we're, I think we're, we've accomplished a lot of that. Um, still some more to do on that, but we've come a long way, I think.
3: Tim, you've talked a lot about the promoting end from the racer perspective with the weather forecasting, and then you're getting on a dozer and working on the racetrack. From the fan perspective, from the from the dealing with the public perspective, which is never fun. Um, and I see. I think even you guys even did a program with a local local high school um, auto class or or something with a high school there. What has it been like for you to 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 deal on the promotional side of it, the grandstand side of it, as a promoter?
1: You know, it's not been bad. Um, I don't know if just all my years of racing, I, I think I do get, honestly, I get a little bit of respect from that just because I've been around it my whole life. It's not like I stepped into it not not knowing anything, you know, or having to be green with every aspect of the job. But I've had, you know, you're always, it don't matter which side of the fence you're on, if you're promoting a race and you always, you always got fans of people that, you know, you could pay them coming in and pay them leaving, and they're not going to be happy. I mean, that's just, yeah. <laughs> that's just part of life. You know, there's there's nothing. I can't fix that. But as a whole, I've, I've had a lot of people uh, show a lot of thanks and gratitude for us keeping a track alive. You know, um, as we all know, so many are, are dying today, um, and it's so hard to... Virtually some states, it's almost impossible with some of the laws they have passed, you know, in city ordinances. You know, everybody sees motorsports. A lot of times, there's a big black eye, so it's kind of tough, you know. So we just didn't want to see another racetrack go down, and and here we are trying to keep one alive. So had a lot of, you know, a lot of kudos. Um, I've had a lot of people reach out and and uh, thank us for what we're doing. So. It's not been bad. Um, granted, I had one touchy moment. We had a stock car race. I had to disqualify a lifelong friend. Wow! So that was that was a new experience. But you got <laughs> to do you know. Uh, that was that was a tough night. But all in all, you know, I've just early on because everybody's my friend. You know, I got tons yeah. of friends. But I said, I got to deal with situations and not the people um if the situation calls for a call i just i have to deal with the situation and not the people involved so that's what we tried to do um but no i guess to answer your question it's not been bad um granted i i say that i may jinx myself it could get ugly this weekend But (laughs) (laughs) honestly it hadn't been bad at all um people's been great um I've, I've enjoyed it. It's been a ton, ton of work, but I knew that. Like I said, I knew that going in. We got uh, we got us some tillers, some Lanny Ross and them Devils back uh, a couple of months ago, and those really helped with our track prep and everything a ton. So um, just looking forward to trying to get, just really hope we can get the Short Track Nationals in this weekend. Um, We've already tried once, and Mother Nature didn't want want us to succeed that weekend. So now we've got threat of rain again. But all I'm going to say is, you know, there's Eldora does it. There's plenty of places over the years it's done it. If, it. if it rains, you know, we're Go grab a hot dog because we'll get the killer out when it quit and get back after it. That's just all I'm going to say about this weekend. We're going to give it everything we got.
4: I love that, Tim. You certainly have had a, a lot of support with your taking over the 67 Speedway in Texarkana. You have 61 cars entered this weekend so far. How did it uh, all come about for you to take over the short track nationals? We know that you know Little Rock obviously closed at the end of last season, but how did it come about for you to take over this big event?
1: You know, we really. It's still co-promoted with Tracy. She's still right there alongside us. Um, she has, she still has the rights to short track nationals as she should. Um, and growing up in Little Rock and knowing the Clay family my whole life, it was, it was actually an easy meeting. Me and my partner with Sylvie, we met with Tracy one day and said, "Hey, it's a short track, still in Arkansas. You know, just barely, but it is still in Arkansas." So. What do you think? And I don't know. She didn't have to think long. She said, okay. So we're uh,
3: trying to keep it alive. That is awesome. That really, truly is. Uh, Tracy and your wife, they, uh, that sounds like a problem combination, though, Tim.
1: <laughs> yeah. They, uh, you know, it's kind of funny how things come full circle. You all sit around as racers and you talk about all the, do's and don'ts and shoulda, coulda, wouldas, and then you turn around and now we're all kind of in business bed together. So, <laughs> it's, you know, years and years ago, if you would have told me right before I started driving for Mike Ward, if you'd have said, hey, you're going to drive for Mike Ward for two and a half years, and right after that, you're going to take over a racetrack and start promoting, I would have probably told you to go check yourself into rehab because you're on some serious drugs. (laughs) So, you know, with all that being said, I mean, you just, you never know what life will throw at you. Um, But I'm enjoying this. I really am. It's probably the worst struggle I'm dealing with right now is that, I can't lie, uh, it did slow my kids' year down a little probably this year. Um, you know, we, we both run the national ASCS bill together last year and then this year he was pretty limited on the amount of shows he got to run because of the racetrack um, at 67. So, but there's one thing about it. He has a new respect for, we can go to a different facility now and I catch him, he'll, he'll pick up trash, (laughs) um, you know, just trash and grass. Is two huge issues. Um, we have a 60 acre facility, and it's mostly grass. And then people at you know post race, there's there's a lot of trash. So yeah, my kids got a new uh, love of lawnmowers and trash bags. <laughs> there
3: you go. You had final final question for you. You had a unique situation where you and Landon have raced together forever. You had a situation where you had to put him on a plane, and he flew to California to race without mom and dad there. Uh, it turned out, unfortunately, the a weekend, you ended up sitting on the sidelines. It got rained out. What was that like following along your son racing on, on pay-per-view?
1: You know, it was probably, there's no probably to it. It was definitely easier for me than it was mom, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. She don't sit still very well, so she was pacing the floor. But, um, you know, it, I knew it, there's a lot of things to that, and some people, you know, they get this, some don't. I mean, you you want to be there, but at the same time, it's kind of, you know, you got to cut the cord. And and I wanted him to get – I wanted him to feel like he could go be successful and have a, a good night at a racetrack without me beside him. You know, I want him to mm-hmm. – Wanting to get to that point um disconnect from me no but do it on his own yes and so that was you know he's 15 so we had a month there we driver's license checking account uh a bunch of stuff happened um four or five weeks you know got him on a plane he was gone so um it's a proud moment, but and I come real close after we definitely canceled. I just about booked a flight. And I told my wife, I said, you know, I'm, it was planned for me to be home and him go do this. So we're going to leave it as planned, you know, let him do it on his
3: own. Good for you. That's a tough call, but that's a good call. It really is. Tim, fingers crossed that the weather gods will cooperate with you and get everything out of there quickly this week. And we wish you the best with uh, this weekend's 36th Annual CompCam Short Track Nationals. Appreciate the insight as far as the whole year goes as well. Appreciate the time here on Wing Nation today.
1: Anytime. Thank you, guys. And maybe somewhere we'll uh, cross paths down
3: the road, I'm sure, soon. I'm sure we will. Sounds good, Tim. Thank you. No, uh, Thank you all. Tim Crawley joining us here. A couple of things that really jump out about that. Um, I love when he was talking about having to disqualify a lifelong friend. I love that he says situations deal with situations, not with people. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of wisdom there that comes (laughs) with that. Similarly, when he was talking about, I think you could pay some people as they entered the racetrack and pay them as they left the racetrack and they would still not be happy and mm. I can't really do anything about those people. It's the other people I need to, you know, he, I'm paraphrasing yeah. there, yeah. but I, I kind of love both of those philosophies that you control what you control, what you can't control, you can't control and why worry about it.
4: Yeah. And he's right about some of those people.
3: No doubt. Oh God. It oh, God. <laughs> doesn't
4: matter how, how hard you try. Yes,
3: absolutely. And why are you worried about that when there's other people that are, and and, and I I like that he's getting some positive feedback for saving the racetrack because that's what he's doing. And uh, that's good. Well, I'm going to have to dial up their schedule next year, see when I can go to Texarkana. Oh, it's going to be awesome. (laughs) Hey, stay with us. When we come back, we've got more Wing Nation.
0: Perfection isn't easily achieved. It takes hard work, dedication, and perseverance. Through their commitment to excellence, Sagefruit Company has been supplying customers with the best tree fruit in the Pacific Northwest for over three generations. They work hard on the farm, in the packing facilities, and with their retail partners to provide consistent, high-quality apples and pears all year long. Look for Sagefruit at your local grocery.
3: Wing Nation, presented by Sagefruit, continuing on here, National Sprint Car Hall of Fame birthday calendar today. CK Spurlock and Dave Blaney. Yes. uh, Jack Miller, Sammy Swindell has a birthday. August, Gus Hoffman, Mark Light. But let's talk about CK Spurlock. I was curious about part of this, and I learned everything doing research at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame on this one. CK is a 2019 inductee into the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. In his mid-20s, he was in the Ohio-West Virginia area, got hooked up with Don Edmonds, and loved sprint car racing. Don is a Hall of Famer as well. He moved to Nashville, and he became a high-profile manager of stars and promoter in country music. He decided to put the two together. The first offering was this, Dub May driving the Lorena Lynn Special. Later on, he would go to manage Kenny Rogers. Well, we kind of know where this went because Kenny Rogers founded a sprint car team with CK running it, and they were rocking and rolling really well. They went to a race, I think it might have been Florida, and they wadded up every car they had <laughs> in the uh, trailer. Yeah, couldn't get a chassis in a timely manner. So why don't we build our own? And the gambler. Chassis Company, Gambler, Kenny Rogers, the Gambler Chassis mm. Company was founded on that. They revolutionized in many ways mm-hmm. the way chassis were built. Quality workmanship, Safety Innovations, there's a lot of that. One thing that they did is they worked on replacement parts and like a stock standard car. Yeah. And so that when something went wrong, it was the same and you could order up a whatever part it is and put it on there and go from there. Yep. Gambler also had a house car. The other thing that they were very adamant about is if it was on the house car, you could buy it. They were very adamant about that. House car, listen to this murderer's row of sprint car drivers <laughs> Danny Smith, Doug Wolfgang, Brad Doty, Sammy Swindell, Steve Kinzer all ran Gambler Chess. Yeah. Pretty impressive. C.K. was also, for a while, the president of the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame from 1989 to 1991, and uh, it's his birthday today. So, I love that. I always wondered about the Loretta Lynn special. I I enjoyed classic country music. Yeah. And I knew a little bit of the Kenny Rogers story. There was a Roy Clark special Sprint Car out there, too. And so, but I like, like that a lot. So, and you... Can be a member of the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. You can become a member for just twenty five dollars.
4: Yep. Get free admission to the museum and ten percent on the museum store merchandise.
3: Yes. And I'm telling you what, if you go to the museum with Aaron and Kate and you're talking ten percent, that's a lot of money. Yeah.
4: It's girl math.
3: It's girl math. Yeah. Have you heard about girl I've, math? That's girl yeah, math. no, I've got two daughters. I've heard about girl math. Yes, exactly. A girl discount. math girl math has costed me a fortune
4: <laughs> exactly
3: yes exactly oh so i should buy 12 because i get a 10 percent discount
4: uh, yeah buy one get one get half off i mean all those deals yes but
3: we didn't need it in the first now i'm getting now you're getting girl dad but we weren't going to buy it and didn't need it in the first place but it's on sale yes exactly it's how like many free. are we getting so uh, <laughs> let's get into uh this weekend uh we talked a lot with tim about this um 36th annual Compgam Short Track Nationals um 1500 to win on Friday night but Aaron 20 grand to win on Saturday and that's 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 drawn in some uh, that's drawn in some cars 61 entries 61
4: entries yes yeah, but
3: this thing has a great history as well It
4: sure does well the 20 tw- tw- 22 winner was Sam Hayfortee Jr but former winners include Sammy Swindell Christopher Bell who we talked about earlier on the show going for the championship Brad Sweet, Paul McMahon, Jason Myers, Jason Johnson, Jason Sides, Wayne Johnson, and Steve Kinzer.
3: Unreal. Uh, Blake Hans won three of the mm-hmm. last five, so he's been good. Um, really, really cool. Um, Bridgeport Speedway, the Kingdom of Speed. Friday and Saturday night Sprint Sprinttoberfest. Uh, Aaron, they're paying fifteen thousand to win on Saturday night at Bridgeport.
4: I like that. And Sprinttoberfest, I like that. The name, yeah. Which yes.
3: there's some beer around there. That there is. Let's hope. And
4: then on the west coast you got King of the West Saturday night at Kern County in Bakersfield.
3: So we're getting down there. And next week all dirt roads lead to Charlotte. Well, this week all dirt roads lead to Charlotte <laughs> because we've got the uh the World Short Track Championships. Yep. You know who's coming to town, Ashley Strumming.
4: Ashley Strumming, the one and only. Well, actually, I was, you know, Steele was kind of.
3: Steele is the one yeah. and only. Yeah, she, I yeah. It, yeah, I mean, Ashley and David are just sideshows now. <laughs> yeah, just sidebars to the show. They're story. just Steele's parents. Yes, exactly. So uh, Wing Nation, you can follow us on social media. Hey, you know, uh, our YouTube page, uh, we have all of these interviews around on our YouTube page. So if you, want, just, if you want to find out about a driver, just go to YouTube and punch in Wing Nation driver. And <laughs> you can find all the shows we've done with them. So uh Wing Nation, our YouTube page, uh Facebook group and page and Twitter account, if you want merchandise, ShopWingNation.com, that's www.ShopWingNation.com. We had a blast, Ashley and I did our TV show yesterday, and we had Chase Randall on. Oh, the quickest chicken. Quickest chicken, exactly. Oh, we found out his whole, we found out the whole Bush's chicken, we found out what to get when we go to Bush's Chicken. Oh. Now we just got to go to Texas and get to one. Uh, but Chase Randall joins us, Wing Nation, our television program, Wednesday night on Rev, Friday afternoon on MAV-TV. Make sure you check it out. Chase Randall. So we have had a ball. We do appreciate David Gravel for joining us, and we appreciate Tim Crawley, and we certainly wish Tim and Crew the West uh, the best this weekend out in Texarkana. So love having them join us on the program. She's Aaron Everham, I'm Steve Post, and more important than those of us who are on the show, we thank you for joining us this time here on Wing Nation presented by Sage Fruit.